Good morning, PVIC. Welcome to the Post-Church Podcast, a time where we reflect on the Sunday sermon and answer some practical questions. My name is Neil, and I'm here with Pastor Billy. So today's sermon was on Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34, which focuses on the theme of worry and trusting in God's provision. So before we dive into the Q&A, Pastor Billy, uh, give us that small summary of the sermon. Thanks, Neil. So coming out of last week, uh, where we we were in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 24, and we really took sort of a deep dive into the perils of materialism and the uh, warnings uh, that Jesus sort of laid out for us about uh, are fo- focusing on earthly treasures versus heavenly tre- treasures. Uh, Jesus comes now into this section beginning in verse 25, and it's really sort of the natural outworking of uh, what happens when we do focus in on materialism. Um, it goes that the natural outcome of that would be anxiety, would be worry. And um, he gives just kind of a clear sort of mandate of... Um, of not worrying, or really in the original language, more like stop worrying. Um, And he gives us some practical examples from nature to help us understand um, our true worth in the eyes of God and how that should help us be able to um, combat worry. And uh, ultimately, he gives us something to do instead of worrying. Uh, He says, stop worrying, and then the question would be, well, what do I do if I can't worry? And uh, if you go to verse 33, Jesus says that we should be seeking first the kingdom of God. Um, And really, that's what we should be doing instead uh, instead of worrying. We should be seeking God personally, seeking God continually, and seeking God ultimately as we trust in his promise that he will um, surely provide for our needs. All right. Thank you, Pastor Billy. Um, On to the questions. So the first question, um, we have this very uh, popular saying in, uh, you know, amongst all of us, it's called DTA, don't trust anyone. We live in an environment uh, where everyone is, you know, for themselves, an individualistic mindset, which to a point is beneficial. But from a Christian mindset, you know, is it wrong to have that mentality of always being cautious about everyone? Does having this mentality kind of solve the notion of worry or anxiousness? Yeah, I think I think you got to come back to what's the root of DTA? Why? Right. Um, And I think you have to start with acknowledging that there for many different folks, right, there might have been um, some significant, serious sort of traumatic events, right, that could have resulted in a a, um, hesitancy to trust, right, a wariness about trusting people and trusting others like those are realities right that a lot of people are are living in right um and then generally the the response has to be okay well how did i then deal with the fact that p 
people can be the cause of my worry, mm-hmm. right? It's this idea of going back to the source, right? Well, if I worry, what's the source? Can I get rid of the source? And basically, that's the strategy. It says, well, if I've identified that the source of my worry is people, I'm going to excise people out of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess from a functional point of view, maybe uh, that can work, but I don't know that it does, and I don't think it jives with Scripture, right? Because we are sort of pouring into isolation as opposed into into community. Mm-hmm. And Scripture shows us that we, we don't want to be paralyzed in isolation, right? We want to actually dive into community. So a more, I think, appropriate kind of response for if we've identified that our the source of our worry is people is not to uh, eliminate people from our life, right? But mm-hmm. uh, to find and pursue Christian community, mm-hmm. right? Where we can um, live in such a way where we can be vulnerable and we can um, s- live sacrificially with each other, right? In a way where people feel safe and, and secure and really embodying the uh the trust that we have in christ um and there is a fruitfulness in that and my hope is that that our church that we're here i think i think we've begun to do that right to be a place where we can be that sort of community um and we want we want to continue to strive always to be to be that um but to line up biblically with our understanding right uh, i think we don't want to give into isolation and paralysis in isolation we want to we want to dive into dive into community right community good you know uh, right. community that's um you know that's embodying the trust that that we have in christ right and then the you could say like the other extreme is you know we uh give you know we like one of the reasons could be you know people are taking advantage of you you know mm-hmm. like in these communities and like one example is giving and all these things that we do and you know we do all these things and um people just keep keep on taking advantage of you and you're just not you know and then you go to that mindset of you know what from now on it's i i don't think i'm gonna do this i'm just gonna yeah so i mean the community right christian christian community has to embody trust it also has to embody accountability right right yeah so if uh christian community properly executed right is going to have um you know it's gonna it has to be a space where honest conversations can happen right Mm -hmm. where um people can uh confess sin right where people Mm -hmm. can offer forgiveness right where you can have conversations right where you people are you know held accountable right uh, that's yeah. that, that's all that's all part of it right so you know if um it, again if the community is existing in such a way where you know people are taking advantage of or things like that that there's there's something there's something amiss right there's something amiss either in in the understanding of the gospel and its application or you know there's there, there's something that's not quite there right um so you know again right it's it's we want to as we are endeavoring right as a church or wherever you are 
right? And whatever Christian community you're a part of, you want to uh, be sure that we uh, we have a right understanding of the gospel and that we are building communities where trust can flourish, but in order to do that, accountability has to flourish as well, right? They go hand in hand. That's true. That's a good point, accountability. Um, all right, so coming to this next question, uh, you mentioned um, something along the lines of, you know, um, having legitimate concern versus like sinful anxiousness. So uh, people can have these good intentions, but as time goes on, you know, their hearts can get jaded and can have those sinful anxiety prevailing in them. Um, also, the other thing was, you know, you can have, it's easy to have that divided mind, you know, um, hope pulls you one way, like you said, and fear the other way. Um, but, you know, uh, coming to the question, is there a difference between having concerns and worry? Um, some might say, you know, having, you know, are there any like forms of worry that's actually healthy? Yeah, I think to start with, it's, I think, I think what I had said was our, um, you know, right concerns can transform Form, or yeah. morph into mm-hmm. sinful anxiousness. Yeah, sinful anxiousness. And first, I think it's important to understand that that is a temptation or that is something that we can be prone to. Okay, so what that means is, right, there are all kinds of things that we can be rightly concerned about. Um, you know, our, you know, our family, for mm-hmm. one thing, right, our concern for our spouse, concern for our children. Um, but what happens when our spouse or our child goes from something that we are concerned about and and becomes elevated to the place of um, something like an idol. Mm. So now that good thing um, has now superseded the place of, of God and then our right concern turns into a sinful anxiousness about them, right? So we go into our children and then it's, you know, we're seeking to disciple them, but then, yeah, well, you know, you can use any number of examples but if it comes to academics right you're 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 yeah. you have you're concerned you're worried uh, you're concerned for them but then it's now what is the deeper idol underneath right what you're where, it goes you're, back to the treasures right yeah right. go back to your treasures what do you treasure right mm-hmm. so if it's your your approval amongst mm-hmm. your other peers and your, your kid has to be a certain way and look a certain way well now you veered from bright concern into sinful anxiousness because of the deeper idol that exists of you know your status in front of others mm-hmm. right so this first the first idea is this idea that you know yeah that we can these these things can transform they can morph right um and i think the other thing is yeah um you know maybe it's just nomenclature or you know the words we're using but scripture seems to point that there are things that we should be highly concerned about right and if you want to use the word worry maybe you can or you can't right maybe it's just semantics of the word that we're using but mm-hmm. um what i don't think jesus intent here is to create a um sort of detached 
who cares attitude, right? What he's saying right now is not, he's not, what, what he, and what he's saying about worry is not to say, okay, just say who cares, whatever, right? Um, like healthy Christians should have deep concerns. Um, Paul even speaks to this, right? In mm -hmm. Second Corinthians 11, 20 and 29, right? In speaking about his concern for the spiritual, about the spiritual well-being of others, right? Paul says, besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern mm -hmm. for all the churches. Who is weak and I do not feel weak? Mm -hmm. Who is led into sin and I do not inwardly burn? Right? So um, there is a place for deep concern, right? It's biblical, right? You see Paul like in our concern and we should all be rightly concerned about the state of our own hearts, right? And temptations to sin. Um, but I think it's being aware mm. of this temptation for those things to morph and change into something um, that can go into sinful anxiety. Like we're prone to that. Like we have to start from that. Right. From you know, from that point. So yeah, so it's like worry, um, based on like, you know, Paul's context, like worrying it negatively affects us and is I guess like rooted in the lack of trust in God. Um I like that how in verse thirty kinda says, right, uh we're talking when um Christ, uh, Jesus Christ is talking to the disciples, ye of little faith. It's um, it's like they had the faith to believe, you know, have faith to believe God for salvation. But when it comes to like daily, you know, provisions, sure. it's like I think I, I think I said it. I think I said if, <laughs> if we're talking about the same God who took care of our biggest problem, right? Yeah. Which was sin mm. and separation from Him. And if you if he can handle that, right, yep, <laughs> right. What is what what is it that he cannot handle? Amen. So, um, coming to this next question, um, kind of ties in with this. I know um, verse thirty three. We know one of the greatest promises, um, in the Bible: "Seek ye first the kingdom of God." Um, he mentioned right. Um, should be replacing the worry with something else and that is to be seeking first the kingdom of God um, but how you know um, first thing you said seeking God personally there's no we can't seek God for someone else so you know in a family setting you know we can't seek God for our wife or our children so in that family setting especially kids how do we help kids see God yeah that in, in in thinking about this as a parent right that's mm. a great that's a great question um, because we want our kids to seek God right we want that right yeah. that's the desire of our heart right so um, so I think for, for me the first thing right is to not be afraid to speak about nominalism right because it happens right you see it 
What is that? Everywhere, mean? right? Non-religion. So, so um, a, a a belief or a belief, right? I'll say I use the word belief, right? Mm. A belief in Christianity that's in name only, right? So mm. nominalism, right? So that uh, okay. you know you're culturally Christian, right? It's yeah, in a sense, we hear that all right? The time, yeah. You know, we you, you you went to church, you know some verses, right? You you know. Uh, whatever church you went to, you know when to sit up, sit, you know, sit down and stand up and do do everything, right? Um, but there isn't true like a true saving faith, right? Mm. So, um, so I say so I say that to say that don't be you should not be afraid to talk about nominalism mm. with your um with your children, so that they know and to tell them to tell them tell them that. I can't have faith for you, hmm. right? I mean, like, really, like, just to be straight, right? I mean, I think it's uh, as soon as your your children can can understand that to like, you know, sort of um, be open and honest with them, and then be like, yeah, there's a temptation to slip into nominalism for you to just um, think that, um, hey, because mom and dad believe this. Hmm because your dad is a pastor right our hearts have this way of bending in that sort of way so it's like to not be afraid of, and, I, and I, that's what i do right i i like i've talked to my son i've had conversations with him about about mm-hmm. this very thing so we can't be afraid to talk about that directly with our kids that that idea that's that's one um the other thing is um yeah when it comes to discipling them it's you know i, I recently i i took um, Silas out to my son to, you know, ride his bike, and I took him out to ride his bike maybe two years ago. Um, and you know I was helping him ride it, and it was horrible. He was like falling over the place, and then I the past two years I didn't even he hasn't even been on a bike, mm. and I took him out yesterday, and I plopped him on it, and he was fine. He just went. He was good, yeah. right? Um. But when you think about that, that helping him initially to ride that bike, it's like you're holding it, right? Yeah, and yeah. you're 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 doing all the balancing and whatever, right? Um, but there's a point at which they have to do it, right? So, um, yeah, you kind of have to hold the bike for them when it comes to faith as well. So, like, just simple things about have them say the words before they understand it right Mm. right like reading with them praying with them having them pray modeling it right um as early as possible as often as possible and um you know you're kind of like holding the bike for them right Right. But then it's kind of, I mean, I think I think of my own life, right? And look at my my parents and the kinds of things that that they did, and you know, I didn't understand. I, there were so many songs we sang that I didn't get. There's so many verses that I memorized that I didn't actually understand. Mm. Um, but I'm so happy that I learned those right, songs right. and I learned those verses. Cause there came that point where the songs were in me and the words were in me, but then the faith connected to them in that, in mm. that time. And that was really, 
you know, it was really powerful for me, right? So I think when it, when it, yeah, when it comes to the kids, even, you know, you might go, yeah, do they, do they really under, understand? No, maybe not. Um, mm. But you are called to be a translator of the gospel for them. So yeah. yeah, hold the, hold the bike for them. I think that's, that's a good way to put that because I know, um, I think, I don't know which preacher or which, um, person I was listening to, um, they mentioned that, you know, our kids, they go to school, they do all, you know, there's so many, um, when they get their education, there are not in our house for so many hours and there's so many values and doctrines that they learn in school, but it's like what? eight hours times five, 40 hours of they're not with us. They learn everything else but the Bible. It's hard, I know. And why Why should we, you know, have all those other values when we could teach them about the God, you know, about God mm-hmm. and their Savior, you know? Yeah, and, and really, right, um, e- even as, like, you're doing these, these things with them, um, they're going to be watching you. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, um, you know, if you, you know, your desire is for, um, I know I said, you know, you can't seek God for someone else. Mm-hmm. You really can't. But mm-hmm. if your desire is for your children to seek God, make sure you're seeking God. Yeah. <laughs> right? Personally. Uh, personally, you. Yeah. Right? I start there, right? Uh, for sure. Because they're, they're going to be watching, right? Yeah. That's great. That was wonderfully said, Pastor Billy. Um, verse 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and not to forget what comes after. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. Um, so as we conclude, let us not forget to seek after God personally, seek after God continually, seek after God ultimately. Keep seeking the kingdom of God. So uh, thanks, Pastor Billy. Uh, so going forth this week, um, uh, what are some questions that we can uh, think about? So I think it's good to just kind of ask, I think we did this kind of last week, some diagnostic questions, but um, just to ask what, what in your life creates the most worry and why do you think that event or item or whatever it is causes you to worry? Um, and then just think, what does the gospel say about that issue and that can help you trust God in it? So that's first. Um, secondly, uh, is maybe to pause and think about how thinking about eternity can help you not worry about your life. right? How does um, our gaze at the long view help us uh, deal with worry how might how might that happen and then lastly um how to think about how might trusting in god in those situations when we normally would worry how might that be a witness to others right i think it'd be good to pause and think about what happened what can happen in the lives of those around me and who are watching me if I choose trust over worry. Thank you, Pastor Billy. These are some good points to ponder upon.
Uh, so we look forward to tackling those questions this week. And until next Sunday, let us strive to live all of life to the glory of God. Thank you.